Good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Everybody have a good new year? I know most of you guys weren't here last week, so I'm guessing it was a, it was a crazy new year. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, none of you guys want to answer that, so that is probably c- correct then. Uh, hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal. And man, we are happy that you joined us this Sunday as we uh, are diving into the second week of a vision series for the year. You know, we're just talking about the, the vision for our church over the next next 12 months and what God, I believe, wants to do in it. And uh, it's, it's an exciting time. New Year's are, are always a great time of the year because we all like to come up with New Year's resolutions. How many of you guys made New Year's resolutions this year? Okay, three of you. Awesome. The rest of you guys, I guess, I guess you guys are just expecting this year to be the same as last year, huh? Is that what you all want? You all want next year to be the same? This year to be the same as last year? Is that what you guys are hoping for? Okay, three of you do not want it the same. So the rest of you guys, I don't know what's up with you. Y'all need to wake up this morning. There is coffee out there. If you got to get up and get some, go get some. Um, because I believe that God wants to do some incredible things in our lives this year. And, you know, I was talking to some people about what is God, what do you think God wants to do? And they were just naming things that they're believing God for this year and, and the things that they want to see him do in their lives. And I was just was like, man, that is awesome. So many times we start out the new year with such great intentions, but a a lot of times we lack and follow through. And I know that, that more than anything, I want this to be your best year ever. And so that means you just don't have to have good intentions, but how do we follow through on that? How do we make sure that, that this year is gonna be the best year ever? And we've been looking at a verse in Ephesians, if you wanna turn in your Bibles there. Also, just FYI for you guys, on your, your notes there, there's a little thing in the top right-hand corner that has some crazy looking lines and stuff. That's called a QR code. If you have a smartphone, you can take out your phone, and uh, if you download a QR reader, you can click on that, and it'll put all of those notes that are in your bulletin, and sometimes there's more notes that we can't fit inside the bulletin. We'll end up on those notes on the web, so it's a great way for you to be able to follow along on the web. If you don't have a smartphone, ask your loved one for one for your birthday or something. I don't know what to say. You missed out on Christmas, so... uh, Anyways, or you can look on the screen. In Ephesians, it says this in chapter 4, verse 11. It says, God is the one who gave these gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Until we come to such unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the four full stature of Christ. And that is really the goal of our, of our church is that our goal, our mission statement is to help those people around here to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That means that, that we're fully mature in Christ. And I don't know that it's necessarily something that we're gonna achieve instantaneously. I don't even know that we can achieve it in this lifetime. I know that I'm, I feel like I'm still super far off, but it's something that I'm, that I'm striving for, that I'm running after, that I want to have happen in my life. And so it goes on to say, In the verse, then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love as each part does its own special work. And it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And that is really the goal is that we as a, as a church, as individuals, that we would be healthy and growing and full of love because that's really what the epitome of being a Christ follower is, is man, it's, it's us being healthy. It's us being continually growing towards looking more and more like Jesus. And if we're doing that, then we're gonna have this 
unbelievable amount of love that we're gonna pour out on other people. But here's what I know. This past Christmas, I, I had my niece and my nephew at my house for, for Christmas. And my niece, she's three years old and her name is Brooklyn. We call her Brookie. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a three-year-old in your house, but we don't really have a lot of kids in our house. So it was, it was a little different. And then my nephew, his name is Avery and he's 10 years old. The thing about Brooklyn is, is we gotta do a lot of junk for her. I mean, she's three years old. She still requires a lot from us if she wants to get stuff done. At the same point, Avery is 10. He should be able to do a lot of things on his own, shouldn't he? But for some reason, we have to do the same things for Avery that we do for Brooklyn. I mean, we shouldn't be changing his diaper anymore. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm kidding. We don't, we don't have to change his diaper. He's figured that out a couple of years ago. But the reality is, is a lot of times, a lot of times we find Christ and we think, oh man, I've arrived. But God doesn't want us just to find Christ, not just to be birthed, not just to be a baby, but he wants us to grow up. And so the vision for 2012, I believe for every single one of us should be growth. It should be growth. It should be growing in some different areas. And last week we talked about growing in it. We talked about spiritually maturing. We talked about what does spiritual maturity look like? How do we grow internally? And, and next week we're gonna talk about growing out. We're gonna talk about what does it take to reach people for God? What does it mean to reach out and love our neighbors and, and to show them what Jesus has done in our lives? And then the week after that, we're gonna talk about uh, growing together what it means to be in true community and how the Acts 2 church was, was reaching tons of people because they were doing life together. But today we're gonna be talking about growing up, which I think all of us have some aspects of life that we all need to grow up in. When you say, I need to grow up in some areas, would anybody give me an amen on that? A couple of raise of hands. The rest of you guys, you're a bunch of liars. You just need to repent right now because you know you got areas in your life you gotta grow up in. We all do. We all have areas that we need to grow up in. But one of the main areas that I see that we need to grow up in is spiritual maturity. And more than anything is, is this whole verse out of Mark that Jesus talked about, his reason for coming here. And in Mark chapter 10, it says this, For even I, the Son of Man, came not here to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. And Jesus right here, as he's on earth, just lays down his purpose and the very nature of who he is. He says, man, this is when I know people are mature. It's when they get purpose and they get understanding of what my nature is and how that nature should be theirs. And Jesus knew that his purpose wasn't to come here and to be a ruler and reigner, but his purpose was to come here and to serve. And he says, man, if you want to be like me, if you want to take on my nature, then that nature of spiritual maturity is a servant. And I love what Rick Warren says, and he says it so good. He notes that spiritual maturity, the mark of spiritual maturity occurs when a believer takes off the bib and puts on an apron. He says, when we start taking off the bib in life and saying, hey, feed me, feed me. When we get past that point where it's not all about us and we start to realize that it's, it's about what God wants to do in and through us, that all of a sudden our circumstances, our maturity level starts to take off in life. But so many times we're so consumed with, what are you gonna do for me? How are you gonna meet me on my needs? What, what's gonna, what, how are you gonna take care of my pain? Rather than realizing that a lot of times true spiritual growth comes when we get past ourselves and start looking to the needs of others. But nobody really wants to hear this message. I mean, normally at this point, people are like shouting me down and doing all this crazy stuff. I, it's, I could hear pins dropping here right now because nobody wants to talk about, well, it's not about me. But the reality is if, if we want to grow up in spiritual maturity, if we want to grow up, then it's got to become not about us. And that's so hard for us. It's so difficult because 
everything tells it, tells us that it's about us, doesn't it? I mean, everywhere you look, it's about how you could look better and how you could feel better. And I mean, I get on my iPad and I look at all these things and it's about 10 ways you can look better, 15 ways you can look taller, you know, how to lose weight this year because it's all about me. And we're consumed with this society, but Jesus gives us a completely different model for each and every one of us if we truly wanna grow into spiritual maturity this year and grow up in our lives and see God do some really miraculous things. And, and this is what Rick, Rick Warren says and continues in that. He says, immature children wear bibs and expect others to meet their needs. Those who don aprons have learned the joy of serving others. Which attire are you wearing? And that's my question for us today. Which attire are we wearing? What attire are we wearing in life? Are we expecting everything to be about meet my needs or are we starting to change our mindset? Are we starting to getting the mind of Christ, which is it's not about what I came, what, what it's about me because Jesus said, I didn't come to this earth to be served. It means it isn't about meeting my needs, but I came here to serve others by giving my life. That means giving up my desires. That means giving up my needs. And this is the amazing thing is when we start to do that, God has this unbelievable way of meeting all those things that we desire within us. When we start to live beyond ourselves. And so today I want to look at eight reasons why I should give my life to serving God and others. And, uh, and, and I, I really believe that if we can grab hold of this as individuals, if we can grab hold of this as a church, we can see our community transformed from Christ like we have never seen before. I believe that there can be revival that can happen in our community, and revival starts with us individually. Everybody wants revival to happen. Everybody wants people to get saved, but you know where it starts first? It starts a burning desire within each and every one of us that says, man, I can't stand it anymore. Something has got to change. And I believe that God today is wanting to say to you, man, something has got to change and I want you to grow up. I want you to grab hold of the very thing that was the nature of my son so that you can live in the fullness of what he has for you today. And so the first thing that reason that we should give our life to serving God and others is because I was created for service. I was created for a service. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God designed everything on earth here with a purpose, man. The reason he made dogs is they have a purpose. They're to like poop in your yard and fertilize it. They're God, he made, he made cows and cows do cowy things. You know, they give us milk and they, they toil in the sun for hundreds of years or I don't know how long they live. Bees, they have a function in society. God says we are all created for something. And God says when he made humans, he made us in his image. We, made, we were made in his likeness. And the reason we are made in his likeness is because we were made to serve. That was what he said. We are put here on earth for a reason. Human beings are here to serve. Human beings are here to help each other. Human beings are here to make a difference in other people's lives and to make an impact in other people's lives by looking beyond themselves to looking to the hurts and to the needs to the, of others that are around us. But so many times we miss out and we think, man, I was created for all this other stuff. But this is the reality is that you and I were created for ministry. And what ministry really is, is it's really service. The other day I was in my garage and I was looking for a flashlight. Um, 
because I was trying to, trying to find some stuff in the dark. And, and I finally found this flashlight, and I hadn't used it for a long time. And I tried to turn it on, and it, w- it wouldn't turn on. And so I opened it up, and I, I pulled out the batteries. And when I pulled out the batteries, they were completely corroded. You know when batteries go bad, and they just kind of pop open, and there's all this nastiness in there? And all that nastiness had messed up the flashlight. And so I took the batteries out, and I tried to put new batteries in there. But all of a sudden, that flashlight still didn't work because of the corrosion that had happened. The reason why those, that did not work is because batteries are meant to be used. They're not meant to just sit around and do nothing. And the same thing is true for our lives. The reason we were created is not to be sitting around doing nothing, but we were created to be used by God to impact other people's lives, to shine light in dark places so that people can see and see truth for the very first time. We are made, we are designed for service. And when we don't do that, you know what happens to us? We get corroded on the inside too, just like those batteries. We get corroded on the inside and all of a sudden, we don't function the way that we should be functioning. And we wonder why, why this isn't working in life because we were designed, we were created for service. Second thing is, is God says, man, I am saved for service. The reason why he saved us is for service. It says in 2 Timothy 1.9, it is he, Jesus, who saved us and chose us for his holy work. The Bible says that you were saved to serve. God didn't just put you on the earth so you could lounge around and, and sip Diet Coke and eat Pringles and do nothing all day. That isn't why he designed you. Think about the reality of this. If, if when you accepted Jesus Christ, This is my question. If I was not meant to do something else, why didn't God just take me instantly? I already knew where I was going. Man, I accepted Jesus. I should, why should I spend any more time here? Because I know Christ now, and so I should just go straight to heaven. But the reason God did not take us instantaneously is because he has something for us to do. He didn't just put us on this earth just to find him and then leave. He put us on this earth to do something that we have a part to play. We have something to do. And let me ask you this question. Why do we build spiritual muscle? I mean, why do we pray? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we go to Bible studies? Why do we do those things? Is it just so that we can walk around and we can flex and say, hey, I know uh, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting light. He didn't give us that just so we could have a whole bunch of knowledge. The The reason he gave us spiritual muscle is so that we can start doing the heavy lifting for other people. But so many times we're like, oh, they should get it on their own. They need to work out. No, the reason we're all buff in Christ and we've been consuming all this stuff isn't so that we can get fat and plump and look good. It's so that we can use the skills and abilities that God has given us to impact other people. And the Bible teaches so clearly that maturity, Christian maturity is designed in us for for ministry. And maturity is never an end in itself. Man, we are always going to be striving to look more and more and more like Jesus. But this is what I do know. You will never, ever be mature until you start serving other people. People that don't serve others are immature and self-centered Christ followers. They haven't gotten the point of what Jesus did. Maturity is for ministry, and our muscles have a reason. The third thing, I've been called by God to serve, to service. Galatians 1.15 says, But God in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve him. This is the cool thing. I love the fact that the Bible says 
that every Christian is called. But the cool thing is that I, that I saw in this, this week that I, I never saw before is, is that salvation and service are one and the same. When God calls us, when we say, man, Christ, I accept you. Man, I take you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving all of my sins. Thank you for the gift of salvation. What we also say at that same time is we say, God, I'm giving my life to serve you no matter what it costs. But most of us never hear that point. We just hear, oh, you get to go to heaven now and it's gonna be rainbows and butterflies and it's gonna, woo, you know, it's all this good stuff. But God says there's more than that. When you say, I accept this, you also say, man, I take on this role of a servant just like your son did. And I'm gonna, those things are the one in the same. If you accept salvation, then you accept the role of a servant. And therefore your life needs to be a life of service. They're not indistinguishable. And if you're a Christian, you're called to ministry. And the Bible says that every Christian is called to serve. Every Christian is called to be a part of ministry. Not every Christian is called to be a pastor, but they're called to ministry. And what ministry is, is it's really servanthood. It's really us getting out there and serving and meeting the needs of other people. And when you see a need and you out there and you meet that need and you try to help somebody, that's called ministry. And he's called every single one of us to that if we know Jesus Christ. He's called all of us to get outside of ourselves and see the hurts and the needs of others. And every single one of us is called to serve. Ephesians 4.1 said this, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I think that's so incredible. God said, man, I've called you. Now lead a life that's worthy of that calling. Because that calling isn't weak and it's not mundane and it's not boring, but it's incredible. It's, it's something that I've given you is this unbelievable calling to reach others, to love others, to serve others. And man, lead a life that's worthy of that. That means, man, be doing that junk. Don't hold back. Don't stray back. But jump in and get involved and see what God will do. The fourth thing is, is I've been gifted for service. God didn't just give you talents in life to spend on yourself and retire and die, and, but he gave you those abilities to help other people. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, each one of you should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithful in ministering God's grace in his various forms. Now, here's something I always get from people. Well, teacher, I don't really have any gifts. I hear people tell me that, I don't have any talents. That's a bunch of crap. Can you smile? Everybody smile at me real quick. Okay, okay. Uh, everybody but Nikki. Okay, that's cool, I understand. <laughs> if you can smile, you know what? You can brighten somebody's day. That can be part of your ministry. If you can welcome somebody, hey, how you doing? You, if you walk around Fort Lauderdale and try to welcome people, people think you're crazy because they're not used to it. It can be a part of ministry. Listen, God can use what little you have or what much you have. I get so many comment cards from people coming into our church and they say, man, we love your church, man. We, when we walk in, we feel so welcomed. That's because people are out there, they're smiling and they're high-fiving people and they're greeting people and saying, man, this, we're so glad you're here. You know what? That's love and service to God. So many people come in here and say, man, it's awesome. This, the music that you have, man, it's, it's cool. To, all this stuff that's going on, man, it's, it just blows my mind and it makes me feel so close to God. Those people that are doing that, that is love and service to God. People come in and say all the time, man, my kids love coming to church here. In fact, I see kids running in every single week. They get out of their cars and they run to church. Where else does that happen? Kids don't run to school. 
No parents giving me an amen on that. But they'll get out of their cars and they'll run to church because we're creating environments where they can learn and grow at their rate and at their age, which is age appropriate. That's love and service to God. The people that, you know, so many people think that this is all the school stuff. None of this junk is the schools, by the way. This gets set up every Friday night and gets torn down after this service every single week by a host of volunteers that make it happen. That's love and service to God. God has called every single one of us to serve him, to do that. And it's not optional for us. Christian service is not optional. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction to God. It doesn't make any sense. To call myself a Christian and not be in ministry is just, God would just think that that is completely ludicrous. He would think that dude is off his rocker or that chick has lost her mind. That's what God would say. Man, it's a contradiction, and it can't be. To be a Christian is, it means to have this attitude of service just like Christ did. That's why he said, I came to serve. And human nature, it, man, it, it tells us not to serve other people. I mean, it always does. I mean, human nature tells us, man, it's got to be all about me. It's all about my needs. It's all about my hurt. It's all about my pain. It continually tells us that, and it says, me, me, me. But if we truly want to understand the aspect of Christ, but the Christian life changes all that around. When we find Christ, all of that should shift. That mindset of me, me, me should turn to you, you, you. It shouldn't be like, how can you meet my needs, but how can we meet your needs? What can I do to help you? And if you haven't gotten to that point where you're like, how can I meet your needs? Well, let me just tell you something. You are immature. And I'm not usually this harsh. I'm not usually this, this just point blank. But the reality is, is when it's still all about you, you are still a baby sitting in a high chair at 320 pounds saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. And you know what you look like? You look freaking ridiculous. And you need to grow up and get out of your high chair and learn how to change your dirty diapers and start picking up the fork and shoving it in your mouth yourself. And maybe grab that fork and help somebody else that hasn't learned how to eat yet. But no, you got to give me stuff. And I watch it all the time. Oh, it's just not deep enough for me. Well, grow up and learn how to read your Bible then. That's the reality. Let me just tell you something straight up right now. Our church is not for found people. Our church is for lost people. And it's always going to be for lost people. Spiritual maturity, if you want to be fed, that happens in small groups in our church. Sunday morning, every single Sunday morning is going to be for that person that does not yet have a chance. That doesn't know about the grace and love of our Savior. And so if you're expecting the pastors of this church to be catering to your every need when you've been a Christian for 15 years, man, you better find another church because that ain't us. And I, I know that's not a great way to grow a church, but I don't care because I'm not concerned about you. I'm concerned about the person that doesn't know. I am concerned about you. Don't mis misunderstand that. But there's a point where you got to... <laughs> and I just backed myself in a corner there. I will help throw you out of the high chair. How does that sound? That will be my help to you. We will help wean you off of the baby food, and we'll start feeding you some steak, and you'll start saying, man, I wish I would have grown up a lot earlier. 
Because I've been missing out on what God wants to do in my life because I've been focused on myself rather than seeing and meeting the needs of others. Because this is what I know, a mature Christ follower is interested in service. They're interested in finding ways to serve others. An immature Christian is interested in serve us. There's a big difference there. And, and I, I'm, I'm a little scared to say this, but I, if you haven't figured that out, I, I would question whether you've truly found and understood the heart of God. Because Jesus said it right there, man, I didn't come to this earth to be served, but I came to serve others by, by giving my life. Man, I'm giving you the model right here. And this is the amazing thing about God. I mean, there are so many verses in the Bible uh, about service. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't put every verse in a message, even if I wanted to. I tried. I tried to put as many as I could because I just wanted to prove a point. But Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. It is possible to give away and become richer. That doesn't make any sense to any of us. It's possible to give away and become richer. But it says it's also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich by watering others he himself is water. Jesus has this unbelievable way when we start to realize how his economy and how the things in his world and how the supernatural world work, that when we start giving away, God starts meeting the very needs that we have. But so many times we're holding on so tight to the needs that we think we have and we can't let go of those that we missed out on the very blessings of God. Because we miss out on the heart and the nature of what he wants to do inside of us. Because he wants to meet all of our needs. He wants to take care of us. But those things are all promises that come with a premise. They, they say that something within us has to be done. And God's saying, man, when you start to take on my nature, those things start to be enacted in your life. And you start to see those things take place. The fifth thing is part of being in a church family. Romans 7.4 says, you are part of bo the body of Christ. And now you belong to him in order that we might be useful in service to God. It says you are part of the body of Christ and you belong to him in order that you might be useful in the service of God. I want everybody to circle the word body there in that, in that thing. In the New Testament church, when, you, when they would welcome new members into the body of Christ, they would say, welcome to the body of Christ. We have new eyes in our body to see the hurts of others. Welcome to the body of Christ. We have new uh, hands to help meet the needs of others. Welcome to the body of Christ. We have, we have new hearts that can love the unlovable. Because they knew that when, when somebody was brought into it, they weren't being brought into it just to be saved, but they were brought in to serve others. They knew it was part of being in the family because you're a part of the body. Ministry, not attendance. I want you all to get this. Ministry, not attendance, is the evidence that Christ is in you. We think, man, I came to church this week, man, I'm doing great with God. God is not looking for your attendance. Listen, man, he can find you wherever you're at and say he's there. He's looking for you to do something with your life. He's looking for you to lose your life for his. And the Bible says that one of the purposes of, of, of my role as a pastor is to help get you ready for ministry in your life. Is to help equip you to do the things that God has called you to do, which is to serve others. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now here's what I am trying to say. All of you are one body of Christ, 
And each of you is a separate and necessary part. Let me ask you a question. What happens when a part of your body stops working? What happens when your colon stops working? What happens? You get really sick, don't you? In fact, you probably die if your colon stops working. What would happen, say, if, uh, if one day your, your heart just rang you up and said, hey, you know what, TJ, this year, it's been a rough last year. I think this year I'm going to take off. I'm not going to pump any more blood. You'd be like, heck no, heart, you better get to working. Or your gallbladder called up your spleen and said, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to take this year off. I, you, y'all don't need me this year. I'm going to take a break. Your, 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 your spleen would be like, what the heck, gallbladder, get to freaking work. Because all of those things have a purpose. And all of those things have a function. If a part of your body's not pulling its weight, what happens? Everything else suffers. And he says, you know what? Every single person in the body of Christ has a purpose. Because so many times we think, oh, they don't need me. They don't, they don't have any needs for me. You know, maybe we don't need that body part. Let me just tell you something. God says that every single body part is necessary. Everything, every single body part is a necessary aspect to making that whole body function. And this is what happens when we're not using the gifts and talents that God has given us. You know what? The whole body suffers. We might not see it. We might not really understand it. We might not really, uh, it might not really have an effect right now, but later on down the road. It's going to have an effect. And God says, you know what? Every single one of you is necessary to his kingdom. And let me just tell you this. The strength of our church is, is not our kids' ministry. It's not the worship. It's, not, it's definitely not the preaching. The strength of our church is the people who serve in all those areas. It's the people who get here early to set up the hospitality area and and go out there and greet. It's the people who set up and tear down. It's the people who play on the worship team, who practice during the week, and then come here at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings and and get ready for the service. It's the people who show up here on Friday night and set all this junk up. I mean, how many people in their lives give up their Friday night for Jesus? Very few. But we have 15, 20 people that show up here every single week and say, you know what, I'm going to give up my Friday night for Jesus. Because lost people matter to God. And and I know what my part is and I'm going to play it. The heartbeat of our church is those people. You know why? Because they are truly living in life. They've figured out the secret of life and that it's not about me, but it's about others. The sixth thing is, is because I owe everything to Christ. And uh, Romans 12.1 says this, because of God's great mercy to us, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. That is true worship that you should offer. You know, this is the thing. I don't serve God out of duty. I don't serve God out of fear. I don't serve God out of guilt. I don't serve God because he told me to. I serve God because of what he's done in my life. I serve God because of his amazing grace and his, his overwhelming love that has so consumed my heart and changed my life. And so many times we, we feel like God's trying to guilt us into that. God doesn't want us guilting into serving him. He wants us, because of what he's done in our lives, to go out there and serve him with every single thing that we've got. And I love this, this verse in, in Luke 7. 47, it's coming out of a story with the, the, the woman that was a harlot that came and washed Jesus' feet. And, and this is what he says at the end of the story. He says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. This is what I know. 
People that have been, and this is an unfortunate thing, people that have grown up in church, they have very little love for God because they haven't screwed up their life enough yet to realize the amazing grace of God. Because when you've been saved by his amazing grace, you just can't help but serve him out of a heart of gratitude, out of a heart of love, out of a heart of, of God, I can't believe you've given me this life. In fact, I was, I was thinking about this this morning and as I was walking around during our, our pre-service routine and I was just, just overwhelmed by what God has done in my life. The reason why I give my life so much to God is because of how much he's given me. And I think about the people that serve in our church. The reality is, is the people that serve in our church are the people that have been the most forgiven. They have the most jacked up, crazy past of anybody you'll ever meet. And so they want to give everything to God because of how much he has done in their lives. And sometimes we got to take a step back and we got to realize the magnitude and the sheer glory and the sheer power of our God that he empowers us and he equips us and he does all these things. And when we realize all the things that he gives us, how can we not come back in a heart of gratitude and say, God, my whole life is yours. Everything I am, everything I have, man, I surrender it all. Whatever you want me to do, whatever gift you have, whatever talent you have within me, man, I will use it for you because of what you've done. Don't lose sight of what God has done in your life. It's one of the most powerful things that will motivate us to continue to pursue God with everything that we have. Because so many times we get caught in the hustle and bustle of life that we forget about the greatness of our God and what he's done in our life. Don't miss out on the past that he's delivered you from so you could walk into the future and deliver somebody else. The seventh thing is, is because service makes life meaningful. Mark 8.35 says this, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. This is what I know. We're all going to give our life up for something. We're all going to give our life for something. Some of us, man, we're going we're gonna to give our life up for the pursuit of riches. Some of us are going to give our life up for the pursuit of a career. And at the end of that career, we're going to get a gold watch, whoop de doo some of us are going to give up our life for the pursuit of, of maybe being famous and, and getting on TV or possibly being in a magazine. And, and those aren't bad things. But are they the best thing? Are they the best thing to give our lives up? Because we're all going to give our lives up to something. This is my question to you. Are you going to give your life up to the right thing? Are you going to give your life up to the right thing? Because all those things, I mean, they're good things, but they have absolutely no eternal value. How much are those things going to matter in eternity? How much are they going to matter when you die? Are they going to matter at all? Because this is what I know. A lot of people are climbing the ladder of success in life only to find out that it's propped up against the wrong building. They're pursuing all these things only to realize at the end of life that, man, they really weren't worth pursuing at all. And everybody I know is trying to figure out how, how to live longer and how to have a better life. But this is, this is what I know. It's not about how long you live that matters. It's about how you live that matters. It's not about the duration of your life. It's about the donation of your life. What are you giving your life to? What are you giving your life to? 
Because here's the thing, if you're not giving your life to God, why, why should he give you more of it? I mean, that's always the question I ask myself. God, if I'm not giving my life to you, why should you give me another day? Why should you give me another week? If I'm just wasting your precious gifts and your precious talent, why should you give me any more opportunity? But this is what I know is when we get to this place where we say, God, I don't know it all yet. I don't understand it all yet. But God, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to give it all to you. God starts doing something amazing in our lives. And all of a sudden, it starts to bring fulfillment. It starts to bring satisfaction. It starts to bring this, this sense of significance in our life. I have a good friend named Chuck Madden who was a, an extremely, extremely successful business guy. Um, he was building a hockey arenas and, and all these things. I mean, this guy was a single guy who had, who had a, uh, an Escalade and an SL500 AMG Mercedes. You know, no single guy needs multiple cars, but this guy had multiple cars. He had this huge house back in Bradenton. He had all this stuff. And he had the epitome of what we would call the successful life. I mean, he was in the newspaper all the time. He was on the news. And you know what, though? He found that all that stuff that he was pursuing in life really was meaningless. And one day, he, was, he, had a, he had a problem with alcohol. And one day, he finally gave it up to Jesus after he called me up and cussed me out. And I just loved him anyways. And I said, dude, I love you anyways. And that just pissed him off even more. I didn't really care. But uh, so finally, he came to me and said, TJ, what do I have to do? And I said, you have to give your life up to Christ. And that means you have to go get well and then get whatever God does in you and you give it to other people. And so just a couple months ago, uh, we saw this thing on Facebook of this news interview of him where he started volunteering at the Salvation Army in their drug and rehab program. And over the last two years, this guy has helped transform hundreds of people coming out of substance abuse and showing them, man, that God can transform your life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful you are. That God has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. And you can give your life to all the things that the world tells you, but it's meaningless until you find out what God has designed you to do. And what God has designed you to do is to go and help other people. And this guy's life is completely transformed today. In fact, today, all he does is give his life to helping other people get set free from the addictions that were binding him. Because when he learned how to serve, he learned what a significant life was all about. He learned what a meaningful life was all about. And 1 Corinthians says this, keep busy always in your work for the Lord, since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. And one day we're going to stand before God and God's going to say, you know, what did you do with, with the life that I gave you? What did you do with the, the talents that I gave you? Where, did you use those things for my glory or were you ever selfish with that stuff? Did you, did you keep those things and just keep them for yourself and, and, and pursue your own stuff? I mean, what did you do? What, what was the benefit for others of your life? And I have a feeling that a lot of us are going to get to heaven one day and we're going to be God, man, I'm sorry, I was kind of busy. I had these plans and I had these dreams and I was pursuing all of those things and I just missed out on, I guess, on what you wanted me to do. And God's like gonna be like, what, hello? Did you, did you miss the whole point? I, I sent my son to serve. I didn't give you all that stuff for your own benefit. I gave it to you so you could benefit others. And I have this, I have this unbelievable question within my, myself that, I, that always comes up. And it's, it's this thing, is, is it, man, I'm going to be accountable one day. And Jesus is going to ask me, when I went to earth, my purpose was to serve other people and to give my life for them. What was your purpose? 
What was your purpose? What did you do with your life? I gave you the model. Does yours look anything like mine? And it haunts me even till this day. Because I want to make sure when I get to heaven, man, that, that I gave my life in service and it was meaningful. So I can say to Jesus, you know what, man, I gave it all. I didn't hold anything back. Because you were what mattered most to me. And your heart and your spirit and your presence were more important to me than, than success and houses and cars and businesses and 401ks. and None of that stuff was as important as you living in my life and living through my life so that I could impact others so they could know you. And the eighth and final thing is, is because I will be rewarded for eternity. John 12, 26 says this, the Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. He also says in Matthew 25, 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The question is today is, what are you going to do about it? In light of knowing all this, knowing and understanding that you were designed for service, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be a, a hearer of the word today and just look into the mirror of God's word and see that reflection and say, man, I don't really reflect that at all. That looks bad. Somebody should do something about that and just walk away and go home and go to the Piccadilly after church and say, man, I got out early. It's awesome. Or are you going to be a doer? Are you going to allow the truth of, of God to say, you know what? I can't just continue to live my life for me. God designed me for something more than that. Man, and I might not be there. I, I, don't, I probably don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out, but this is what I do know. God designed me for service, and so I'm going to serve him. I'm going to make myself available. It's your choice today. This is what I do know is that we handed you guys bulletins as you came in, and inside of there, there's this card that rips out. And I'd like for you all to open up your bulletin and rip that card out. And you should have been given pens today as you came in. And I want you to fill out your name and, and check some different areas that you would like to get involved in service to God. Because here's a couple of things that are going on. I, I know that people are saying, well, I don't want to serve because then I can't attend church. And, and that's, that's a wimpy excuse, but I, I've got the solution to your problem. If you've looked around lately, there's a lot of people at church now. And, uh, you know, that in our parking lot is packed out and our kids' ministry is packed out. And so um, we're growing. And so starting um, January 29th, we're going to be moving to two services. And so, uh, and man, we're, we're pumped about that. Yeah, come on, let's give God a hand. And we know nobody likes to get up early, so we're not making it any earlier on y'all. <laughs> we're gonna make it 10 o'clock like it is already, and we're gonna add an 11.30 service for all of you guys that like to sleep in. And uh, you know what, and, and this is the deal. We, we would like for every single person to attend one and serve one. Attend one and serve one. And this is the thing, is that service isn't hard. We ask that you serve once a month. And here's the thing, our two biggest areas of needs are our kids' ministry. Man, we have so many kids coming to church right now. I mean, we, we've had 
weeks where we've had 15, 16, 17, three and four year olds. And I don't know if you've been around three and four year olds, but 15, 16, 17, three and four year olds is a lot of three and four year olds. And we'll have almost 40 kindergarten through first grade or fifth graders. That's a lot of kids back there. And we're trying to create environments that are compelling so that your kids can grow up and know that God loves them. And he wants to, to be in their heart that they don't have to wait until they're older to find Christ, but they can know him right now. And those principles that are instilled within them will not return void. And man, and we would love for some of you guys to get involved and serve in our kids area. Another great area of need is, is just our hospitality, the people that welcomed you is, uh, you know, with, with multiple services, man, we need lots of people out there welcoming and high-fiving and greeting people. And, and listen, now you don't have to, to miss a service because there will still be a service for you. And so what I would ask for all of you to do is fill out those cards and, and pick two or three areas or one area, maybe you know where you would like to serve, and get involved, man. There's, there's set up and there's teardown. There's so many different opportunities for you to get involved and to start to expressing the nature of Christ, which is a nature of servanthood and seeing God move, because this is what I know. I believe that this year is gonna be a year of breakthrough, that I, we're gonna see amazing things happen in the body of Christ. And it's not just gonna be in our church. I'm believing God for great things in our church. I believe that we're gonna pack this thing out multiple times this year, every single weekend. I believe that other churches are gonna do the same thing. And that is awesome because we're about God's church and his kingdom and his glory. And it's about him and not about a church or a building, but it's about his people. But we need to make room for more people. And we need your help. And I don't like saying I need your help, but I do. And so I'm asking you to step up and serve, step up and get involved. There's nothing like giving two or three hours of your life to God and seeing the impact that it'll return. You'll be amazed at the lives that you have an opportunity to impact like you never have before. And so as the offering buckets go by later on in the service, man, if you would just drop that in there, we would love to get in contact with you and get you involved and see what God wants to do in and through you and how he wants to use you to impact others' lives and to make your life meaningful. Let's pray today.